are listening to Pigoted. Pigoted. The podcast that brings comedians and experts together. Subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now also available to watch on YouTube. For bonus episodes, early access, and a ton of other great features, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash pigoted. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Pigoted Podcast. Joining me this week is comedian Sam Avery. Hi. Hi. And joining me as our expert is the wonderful Kat Ford. Hi, Kat. Hello. Uh, Kat, what is your area of expertise? I am an evolutionary psychologist. What the fuck is an evolutionary psychologist? Um, It's basically looking at human behaviour through the lens of Darwinian evolution. And sort of going, oh, well, why, the, why do we do that then? You know you're in trouble <laughs> when you only uh, understand two-thirds of the explanation. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you hear Darwinian and you go, oh, fuck. And then she said four extra words. You're like, oh, catch up. <laughs> Shit. Uh, we've had Kat on several times before. For people who are patrons of the podcast, which you can uh, do by going to pigoted.com. No, patreon.com forward slash pigoted. Fuck, I can't even get the plug right. Um, you can hear Pat, uh, Kat did the pilot episodes for us. We have three pilot episodes that we recorded. One was on whether or not human beings will ever outgrow the idea of religion one was on the evolutionary science behind female orgasms and one was on costly signal theory so yeah three areas that i am uh, not an expert in so i'm glad i was not invited <laughs> for those episodes <laughs> mate well we had uh, rob mulholland on for the orgasm one and he doesn't know shit about that either, so. <laughs> he thought women smoked oh, like from the fanny oh that's, wow well, that's like what a, he thought he like, thought they gave off smoke signals like a george foreman grill like, yeah, <laughs> just bubbling That's why there's two flaps. Yeah, yeah. You put the sausage in the middle. And there's a little tray for the juices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, oh, like, it's lovely to be here. And, and uh, as an evolutionary comedian, which is a term I've just invented just now. Okay. It feels like it's the right episode. I don't even know define, what that means. Define um, an evolutionary it comedian. It means, the only thing I can think of is, you know, that, that uh, diagram of the cavemen and the development from like chimp to human. And then at the end, you've got me, which is slightly grandiose, isn't it, really? To think that I am the pinnacle of human <laughs> only evolution. Only slightly. Yeah, only slightly. Perhaps it's I should have... That, so that image, it's a really lovely image, very well recognised, but it's kind of... I think that's part of the reason why people don't always understand how evolution works, because it makes it look like it's a linear thing of like, oh, the caveman turned into that one and then that one, where it's like it's much more like a family tree. It's not a yeah thing, yeah because sometimes you go off on mad little tangents that go nowhere and that, then yeah. come back again. That's what I would be fascinated about because I'm always more fascinated in failure than success. There's a there's a <laughs> I, that makes sense I, as a because I've had a lot of it. But the, <laughs> you find a, his career so well, yeah, I'm, I'm loving my career. Let's put it that way. Um, but the uh, there's a museum in America called the Museum of Failure, and it just shows like all these inventions that failed. But I'd be fascinated to know about evolutionary developments that, like, like you say, didn't go anywhere, didn't then evolve beyond that, and just stopped like a stump. So, like, because they must be fascinating and ultimately use, useless. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've failed. It's just that perhaps the environment's changed and that's why they've gone extinct. Because like, dinosaurs were knocking around for a fucking long time. They didn't fail, but they just got twatted by an asteroid, which is kind of out of their control. Um, and then there's other species that um, haven't changed in a, or haven't changed much in a very long time. 
uh, crocodiles being a good example. I was going to say crocodiles. <laughs> crocodiles. In my head, I thought crocodiles, and I thought, don't say it because she's smarter than you. Let her come up with the example. And then you said crocodiles, <laughs> but then I wanted to have credit for the fact that we both thought the same thing. <laughs> crocodiles. Well done. Well Thank done. you. Um, <laughs> yeah, because they like they've ju- they just fit their ecological niche. They do what they need to do, and. Yeah. Do you know what's no dead mad about? Needed. What's dead mad about crocodiles? And you see it loads when like loads of mad Australians jump on them and shit. Mm-hmm. So the jaws when they bite down can like literally bite through fucking bone and flesh like it's butter. Do you know what I mean? The the bite down force is massive, but the jaw coming up force like there's people who put rubber bands over their their mouths and the crocodiles like. I'm fucked, mate. I'm, I'm absolutely a small rubber band. <laughs> How did you know my one weakness? <laughs> and it's, I just find that crazy that they've, but they've never needed it, have they? Because there's no like, there's no fish in the wild that have got <laughs> been to staples. <laughs> there's no fish that turn up and just go, shh. Yeah. <laughs> Little tiny fins. Quiet yeah. now, quiet. Shh. <laughs> chickens as well, aren't chickens? Like, have, have they remained quite unchanged for a while? Mm. No, they're, they're ther- they are um, therosaurs, I think, which is, um, and that, that family has been around, like, I think T-Rex was a therosaur. What? So they've changed. Wow. <laughs> so T-Rex and chickens yeah. are from the same fucking family? Basically, yeah. No. So Colonel Sanders would have been chasing a T-Rex around, <laughs> just trying to get him, <laughs> get him into breadcrumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And there's, there's good reasons to think that... Um, some dinosaurs might have been feathery, which kind of takes the scary edge off them. Well, no, I, I was going to say it takes the scary edge off them, but like a 30-foot chicken, you'd still shit yourself. I heard somewhere, and you, you're probably going to tell me that this is bollocks now, as is customary on this podcast, what happens is I have bits of knowledge that float around in my head, and I push them out of my mouth, and some expert to the right of me goes, no, that's bullshit, and I have to reevaluate my life. Um, so I heard that we don't actually know for certain what colours dinosaurs were we just have to we just have to just guess yeah well because that doesn't fossilize so that's in so yeah. so technically i mean it's unlikely but t like t-rexes could have been like bright pink yeah they could be or stripey yeah. black and white <laughs> yeah. like big zebras <laughs> oh my god that would have been amazing. <laughs> big angry do you know what the fucking his, like What's it called? The era, the era of dinosaurs, the pe- Jurassic, oh. prehistoric, paleontologist, so, um, they, so the olden days, the olden it? days. They were yeah. around during the Jurassic, Jurassic the Park, Cretaceous, and Trisoic, Medoic. I'll just be quiet. Something else. <laughs> I need to go through my little like mnemonic to remember. What but I was going to say is it. that those periods <laughs> could have been far more camp and fabulous than what we are led to believe oh, in yeah. history books. Yeah, like jazz loads hands of, and everything. Loads and of feathers loads of and pink and stripes. Metazoic. 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 Um, yeah, well, the other thing about dinosaurs that always blows my mind a bit is that the time between, like, the early dinosaur era and dinosaurs not being around anymore, that's a bigger gap than between end of dinosaurs and us. Yeah, it's like crazy. They, isn't it? Like dinosaurs were around for a long time. Yeah, that's, they weren't. That's like crazy. I, I have, I have hard enough figuring out that there was a bigger gap between now and Oasis' second album than Oasis' <laughs> second album and the Beatles' last album. That, so what you've just said, I think I'm going to have to have a little lie down for that. I'm, I'm at the point now where there are people who are 16, 17, 18 
that are younger than films that I went to the cinema to see. <laughs> Do you know? What I, and it's just fucking mind blowing yeah. that there's people going, "Oh, the Sixth Sense was around before I was born," and you go, <laughs> "Don't fucking say those words to me." Do you yeah. know what when I mean? I, and get I was, out my bath. <laughs> <laughs> As um, part of the PhD I'm doing, um, I had to do a bit of graduate teaching assistant uh, stuff. And there was one year I went in and all these like first year psychology students are there. And I suddenly thought, most of you were born after 9-11. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck Which I'm means old. you're all innocent. <laughs> <laughs> you missed a cracking day on the news. There was so yeah. much to watch. Yeah. Do you know what? I was, um, I was doing, uh, like I was coming home from school when that happened. Uh, I was listening to it in the car didn't really understand what the Twin Towers were. But then I had to go and do my paper round um, afterwards. Yeah. And I was doing my paper round and a guy was at his door, got the paper, and he looked at it and then he said to me, is there anything in here about the Twin Towers? And I went, no, because it's just happened and these were printed this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, <sighs> like, like it was my, like it was my fault, yeah. and I, I just remember that clear as fucking day. And that man invented the internet. After <laughs> that. that was Steve Jobs. Jack Dorsey, founder yeah. of Twitter. Uh, he thought there's got to be a solution. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Here's a question for you, and this is the question that we wanted to speak to, sort of focus on today. Is when you look at people, Sam, when you look at people's faces, do you make judgments about them based on their face all the time? Yeah, Such as? Um, I judge a class. I'll judge... Class? Uh, well, I work in, work in all middle or upper. I, I, I'm saying I'll judge... A lot of these are like low rumbling judgments, and I don't act upon the judgments, or at least I tell myself I don't act upon them. And I certainly don't vocalise these judgments, because I think there's a big thing is people say, well, I don't judge anyone, but I think as humans, we all judge on some level. It's whether we choose to treat someone differently or whether we choose to talk to them differently, which I would hope I wouldn't. Um, but I'd certainly... You make you make assumptions, don't you, about someone's personality? I suppose the longer I look at someone, that that sounds a bit creepy the way I've said that. <laughs> the, lo the longer I look at someone, the more likely they're going to wake up, isn't it? Uh, but the longer I look at someone, um, like on a on a on like a train journey or a bus journey. I'll, oh, that's I'll, still creepy. I'll, I'll, still, it's creepy. still creepy. Yeah, but I, I won't be like staring at them longingly. Uh, not anymore. But I used to, you know, if you glance at someone and then glance at them again, or you see them doing something, you, you start to form a kind of People hypothesis. Watch. I do yeah. the same thing all the time, where I, I don't think I stir at them. What I, again, this is going to sound equally as creepy, but what I do is I try and drink them in. As people. <laughs> <laughs> you say just as creepy, much worse. <laughs> I just try and sniff them. Sniff them. Mm. Before COVID, I'd lick them. Herbal essences. <laughs> um, no, no, no. What it is, is I try and sort of get a sense of them as people. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I make massive judgments based on face. I do it a lot more based on how people just act and carry themselves. Mm. So that for me is like, I, a big thing for me is how people close doors. Right, okay, in what way? So, how people open and close doors, I make judgments on their personality. So, if you're somebody who opens and closes a door like they are, you, you know those people who do it with almost a reckless abandon, yeah. and they open a door and they almost take it off its fucking hinges, and they slam it back, I go, well, that's a really confident, almost bullish person. Yeah. And then there's other people that open doors almost apologetically. Like they open it and they're like, I'm so sorry, door, for disturbing you, but I need to get through. And those people I always find are more empathetic. 
you- I tend to be quite apologetic when I'm opening doors, but usually because I've been stood there pushing a pole for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like- I make assumptions about those people as well. Yeah. And go, well, those people don't have enough going on up here. <laughs> um, do you, you, it's interesting what you say about the way someone acts, because I, I would probably have put that into the same category as someone's face. So the way the way the face acts, the way the face moves, the way they're kind of... It, like, another example is um, if you find someone attractive, it's not necessarily how they look. It's it's the it's the aura around them and it's how they act and how they move. And yeah, so I get that. So perhaps that is conflated with how someone looks, but I think that's a really interesting thing well, that you say. Well, do you know what? That. I think men and women are, f- like, process attraction differently. So I think that with men, there's much more of an objective level about what is and isn't attractive amongst men, I think, on the whole. Whereas with women, I think that they are into a total variety of different... Like there's so many there's so many women I know that go, oh, he's not my type, he's Tom Hardy. He's, n- he's not... My-. Like, yeah. I've never known a man to go, oh, Scarlett Johansson, she's just not my type. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I think, that, I think that's a really good thing for men because I've got mates who've got, like, really hot wives because they've said... The wives have said, oh, I just loved his scars on his face. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> I love the fact his ears are all fucked up from rugby. Like, that's attractive to really? some Really? Yeah. That's a trait. Apparently, yeah. I mean, I got I, there was a girl once who was obsessed with me because she loved my hands. She didn't find me facially attractive. Thought I had really nice hands. Really? I don't even think I do, but I've not done a proper day. Oh, man, you'd be knee-deep in foreplay for the rest of your life yeah. with that kind of turn <laughs> on, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, just like rub, rub it again, rub it again. <laughs> rub it again. Keep rubbing it, slap it. Yeah, only fans. I think that's the like a human scratch card. (laughs) (laughs) Surely, uh, Catford. Surely, there is a evolutionary advantage in looking at people and making snap judgments about them based on what they are, like what they look like or what they are doing. Theoretically, yes. So there's one of the judgments that we might make about people is. whether they look aggressive or not. And that's a pretty important thing to judge about a person yeah. quite quickly. And like, go, does that look like a kickoff merchant? Do I need to avoid them? Do you know what? I see my dog doing that all the fucking time. Expand on that. <laughs> so, I've, so I've got a little Jack Russell, right? And he, I, I don't know if this is important, but I'm going to add it. He has epilepsy. Um, all right. So, so he's a bit mental, and also Jack Russell's are generally a bit mental. But I see my dog looking at other dogs, thinking, oh, are you going to fight me? Like, and I can just sort of, like, they they pick up on each other's vibes. I don't know what it is about it, but he definitely does do that. And you're looking at me with the level of scepticism that <laughs> tells me that I'm wrong. No, I'm just thinking, like, well, one, there's a huge amount of anthropomorphism there. Like, because it yeah. might not, it might just be dog going, oh. Another dog? Like Another dog here? In the park? Two leg, two leg, four leg. What? I've got four leg. I'm weird. Like, I always think when, when I see small children, like, looking at each other, yeah. I always like to think they're going, oh, you're small too. I'm oh. small. Like, everyone else is really big, but you're small. Yeah. Oh. Like, I, I like to yeah. imagine that that's My what people. they're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Someone told me, uh, no, I, I read it somewhere, and I believe that it's correct, is that dogs know that, humans aren't like them but they choose to sort of hang around with us anyway 
I think that's really sweet. It's interesting. A lot of stuff like that, it's like, okay, but how how are we testing that? Like, you can't do a questionnaire on a dog. <laughs> like, there's a lot of assumptions going on there. Well, all this talk about... <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. All the talk about dogs, though, looking for, like, like, like-minded dogs or, you know, dogs that will protect them. Or If that comes down to evolution, my question is, why will a dog fuck a cushion? <laughs> if, if they're looking for a, do- a dog's got a tickle I don't want him to be too aggressive and he's got to have nice eyes and but like oh that cushion's all, you know and I want my old family to watch me while I'm doing it I got my dog a um, a teddy from Bilderberg right yeah. I got it from I, now just before we get started I need to put caveats into this number one I did not build the burr myself okay the burr was already pre-built you only added the hole <laughs> <laughs> How big is your smallest flashlight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> do you have any gimp masks? That can, that hey, can do- dog f- sex shops, I think, is a, a market that's Dog has. sex shops yeah. at work, you know. Cool. Do you know what? We're actually sponsored by Taylor's Toys, which is a sex <laughs> toy company. You get 10% off if you visit and put the code Piggoted in there. Um, yeah, they could do... Although, having said that, though, from time to time... Right, occasionally, human beings will might eat food meant for dogs or something like that. <laughs> Could you imagine taking that to its extreme? Yeah, using a dildo and being like, "Ah, oh, that's that's the dogs, the dogs dildo." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't know where that's been. It's been in nowhere. Yeah, it's the dog's flashlight, that mate. I'm really sorry. <laughs> if you look it perfectly, if you look on the side, there's a paw. That's how. Oh, mate, I'm so say, sorry. Me and my dog have the same taste in women. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's. I think that's a market. I mean, I don't think it's enough to go on Dragon's Den with quite. Call it give a dog a bone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a fucking Someone write name. that down. Write that Touch. down. Right there, yeah. you deserve that. That's superb. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you um, evolutionarily wise, I'm just thinking this is going to fit off the rails. Yeah, oh yeah, it's good. Well, this is the thing with this Very podcast; well. it's more about the journey than the destination. The destination inevitably is us going. Oh, fair enough. But the journey, which is very me. different to flashlights, that is completely about the like the destination. No, I think but. it's completely about the journey because the destination of flashlight is you've come. Yeah, but then. Like, that's it. That's the end. Yeah. No, and no, then, it's not the end. Then you've got to clean the flashlight. Well, that's it. So the destination uh, okay. is, right. is, yeah. is shame. <laughs> that's shame and a, where, a jet wash. That's ju- true with any wank. Where the journey <laughs> is, oh, this is great. You know, I've got a flashlight. Uh, I, I've never, Do you never... not know about this? Okay, oh, let's, got one. let's jump into this. Right, so, right. Uh, yeah, so the, the people that sponsor this podcast, Taylor's Toys, they reached out to me via um, Instagram and they said, hi, uh, you know, like your content or whatever. They said, um, we would like to send you a Valentine's Day gift box. Uh, and, and I thought that, like, it'd be, like, one dildo and some lube. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, I, I wasn't really in the market for a dildo, <laughs> but the working-class lad in me never refuses anything if it's free. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I don't need to shove anything up my ass today, but who knows what six months' time may bring. So I was like, yeah, send me your box, right? And I thought, again, one dildo, maybe some lube, max. They sent me 180 quids worth of sex toys, Right. They sent me some uh, bondage tape 
some red bondage tape. They sent me a medium-sized butt plug, which is great <laughs> because it means they looked at me and went, he's not a small. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but also he's not been bummed senseless. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a large. But, but he is 18 stone. There's no, given how much he must shit a day, there's no way that he has tiny little rabbit poos. Get him a medium. They got me a, a dildo, but it was like the best dildo in the world. So it's like fucking carbon fiber. <laughs> carbon fiber dildo, so yeah. it goes faster. Yeah. What? It's, it's made by a Formula One team. <laughs> like, a, like a wind tunnel with aerodynamics and loads of nerds with clipboards going, <laughs> change <laughs> Yeah, it's literally, it, it's posh, right? Um, it's like Terminator's dick. That's what it fucking looks like. Um, uh, and then they got me a flashlight as well, right? And I was really curious about the flashlight because I've, I've never used a flashlight before. Um, but uh, I was like, I'll give it a go. So I got myself primed to, to use it. I, I got myself erect and I slowly slid. I, I, I got a bit of lube and sort of, sort of, you know, and I stuck it onto my dick stone cold inside oh no it's stone cold and it put me off it's it, it, it like instantly took it off i was like that's gross right and the um uh, the taylor's toys they messaged me and they were like how's everything going with your sex box <laughs> which was weird but whatever um and i said like it threw me a bit because it's cold inside and they were like oh well, why don't you put it in the microwave and I was like, because that feels like the kind of thing that you need to get right first time. Because yeah. you could burn your bell into smithereens. I'm just thinking if you use it multiple times and like you don't clean it out properly and stick it in the microwave. Oh, like, so, like, I mean, there's microwave and fish at work and then there's that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And microwaves are hard to Who's clean. Who's been eating cum? <laughs> <laughs> so those things that you get, like those little cushions that you, for like, if you've got a sore neck, you put them in the microwave for 20 seconds and you take them out and sometimes they're too hot, but it's just your neck and you can take it out. Yeah, so whereas it would be what on your What did you day. do? Did you go for it? Well, well no, because, well, this is it. I didn't like the idea of checking it like it was chicken see if it had been cooked through or whatever do you know what I mean so I, I I just I've left it but what one of the other things that you can get as well is you don't have to put it in the microwave another thing that you can get and they offered to send this to me but I said no is it looks like a ninja's sword so you know how ninjas have got those swords that are like there's three spokes there's three little spikes and one of them's longer in the middle okay yeah. and then the other two is slightly curved at the side yeah it looks like that but the middle spoke is ribbed like a kebab skewer and you you put that in the oven and then you work your flashlight onto your ninja sword and then the middle thing heats up the middle. That's then, re- that's too much dedication. Uh, mate, that's I'm not, preparation, like, isn't it? I'm not like, preheating the oven every because, time I want a wank. Do you know what I mean? Because having a wank is actually quite good fun on its own. It's great, isn't it? You don't need to kind of... You yeah, know, with all this all nonsense. This, like, step one, step two, step three, marinate the chicken. You know, all this other stuff. You just, you know... What I would what I would have recommended, and it's hard to know without knowing much about your flashlight. Yeah. But what about boiling the kettle? Just like rinsing some water through it. Yeah, fill it up, chuck it out. It's not going to get as hot as it would in the microwave, and it'll help sterilize it. There you go. Give that a go, and uh, let us know how. Can you imagine the, ke- imagine the kettle boiling and your missus being like, oh, you're making a brew? Nope, no, I'm having a wank. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a kettle wank. Well, you know why me, not? Because like, it is nice to have a cup of tea after a wank. Oh, man. So actually. So here's the thing, right? Boil the kettle, right? 
get a PG tips and stuff it deep inside <laughs> of, <laughs> of the, the flashlight, flashlight. <laughs> pour the water through that makes the flashlight and it also acts as a filtration system you've got a lovely cup of tea and a wank and perfect and then the flashlight wouldn't wank, smell if nice you used peppermint wank. tea it would smell beautiful afterwards wouldn't it <laughs> smell kind of salty but also yeah and if oh. some of it stays in the flashlight make your dick smell nice as well everyone's a winner we are coming up with some great business ideas tonight. Yeah, hello, dragons! <laughs> uh, flashlight slash flask. For, dog, oh, for dogs. Flask light! <laughs> flask light! For dogs! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it out. So back to what we were saying 40 minutes ago. Um, what's, you, you mentioned that there's obviously there's an evolutionary advantage in looking at somebody and going, that's going to be aggressive, so I'm going to modify my behaviour accordingly. What sort of things do we look at as human beings and go aggressive? It's really difficult to say, like, oh, well, it's a, it's an eyebrow at a 30-degree angle. Like, we know that means evil. Yeah. It's really... So we make all of these, like, judgments, and we make them super quickly. So there have been some experiments where you uh, show people an image of a face for less than 100 milliseconds and then ask them to say, trustworthy or not trustworthy. And Ooh. people will make those responses that quickly. Um, and it's, it's just automatic. But it's difficult to figure out how accurate those judgments are. Right, okay. So, like, so there's been one experiment where they've shown people pictures of faces and asked them to fill out the ocean personality questionnaire on behalf of of the person in the image. So what is the ocean personality question? So it's one of the most robust psychological is questions. Is this where ocean, like, everything is an acronym and it stands for, like, overt and, like, close. C is, like... Oh, really? Am I really close? You're close. Right. So, so go on, keep going. Go for, go for... So you think O is overt. Overt, um, calculation... No, not calculation. Uh, certification... Uh, Create is it creating there so somewhere? I'll I'll give you uh, a clue that each one of the letters stands for a different personality trait. Oh, okay. So confident. That sounds like a person. That is a personality trait. Okay. Yeah. Uh, e and extrovert. Yeah. Um, uh, Androgynous. <laughs> <laughs> Your personality to me. Seems to be neither male nor female. <laughs> um, uh, so, so I think about Osun, O C E nice. A uh, A. I think uh, no, that's a nine. <laughs> no, it's just faces. Just faces. <laughs> hey, there we go. There we go. We're doing stand-up comedy. Oh, uh, uh, a. I'd say. Uh, part of me wants to say anxious, but I don't think anxiety is... I, I don't think that's right. Maybe... Oh. What about... Another clue. I'll, I'll, I'll say that anxious for your N. Oh, neurotic. Okay. So you've got one right. Fuck. Holy shit. What could it possibly be? Go on, put us out of our mystery. Put us out of our mystery. Okay, so it's openness... So that's openness like, is close, like, isn't it? Yeah. Open to um, new like, experiences and things like so. How like? So I'm guessing like somebody like Darren Brown would look for openness in terms of the people because he potentially. Want... I don't know much okay. about what he does and how it works. 
I just know he does some weird stuff. Yeah, but I imagine you'd need people that are like open to new experiences and how it yeah. works. Because surely you'd get that more from just the face because you'd want to get a bit of sense of the personality as well. Yeah. Okay, so openness. So, um, openness, conscientiousness. Conscientiousness. Extroversion. I was, I was good yeah, with one of them. I got one of them. Agreeableness. Agreeableness, of course. And yeah. neuroticism. And neuroticism. So, right, okay. So, and that that's quite a stable, like, set of traits. Like, people will tend to be about as neurotic throughout their entire lives, yeah. which is horrible news for people like me. Like, this is, I'm not going to calm down. This really? is it now. Really? <laughs> so you never, because old dogs chill out. <laughs> so, no. Right, I don't know if anyone's ever explained this to you or not, but people and dogs are different. Oh, no, I don't know why you even said that. I don't know. I felt this bizarre need to go, and I know a thing too. <laughs> I felt like I needed to just prove that I know stuff. Uh, but it is true, though. Old dogs chill the fuck out. It's just because they're knackered. They haven't got it's the energy. Different between like, are they, like, yeah. So it's like, are they calmed down or are they less neurotic? Because so neurotic's very much a psychological. So you trait. never, you never really get more or less neurotic over time. It might change a little bit, but throughout your lifetime, by and large. Those ocean personality traits are reasonably stable. So you're about as open now as you can be. Where's this leading? <laughs> <laughs> We're actually sponsored by John's Gynecology Clinic. <laughs> John's, John's Gynecology <laughs> Clinic. John is a cracking fella. If you've not met him, he's really trustworthy. I couldn't think of anything. Well, John, look at your cunt. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. And I panicked with what must be the worst name for a gynecological clinic ever. John's. That's, yeah. Also, looking. I'm quite offended that you've looked at me and went, vagina. Yeah. Like that is like that is exactly the kind of nonsense well, that's that me women are trying to stop. That's me cancelled now, isn't it? <laughs> Fucking hell! You know, you know these personality traits in that ocean thing. So you're saying that people stay the same. Thanks roughly, for getting me out of this. Roughly, no, I don't worry, mate. I've got your back. John's got your front. John's got your back. Um, <laughs> that's the <laughs> <a> slogan. <laughs> this is more of a marketing seminar at the moment. But so, how much? Because self-help books. Yeah, the sales are through the roof, aren't they? Everyone's trying to improve themselves. Going to like Tony Robbins seminars, paying like, like three grand to go and see him for three days. So people want to improve on these aspects, but you're saying that by and large, it's very difficult to change how you're how, how you react to certain things. Yeah, it's it's difficult to make any major changes. Right, okay. like <laughs> this is a really depressing one. Um, even your level of happiness is reasonably stable throughout your life. Like, there's been um, studies looking at. Um, People who have won huge amounts of money on the lottery or who have had, like, life-changing, devastating accidents. And, like, a year later, they're about average happy. Really? Like, they, you just sort you just revert to Do you know baseline. what? I fucking hate those people <sighs> that go, but I'll still work. I'll still work. Oh, right, okay. I, was, could, I couldn't figure out which one of the two you were talking about then. I was like... Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. that's quite inspiring for, for one group, isn't it? I've lost my legs, but I'll still work. Fucking hate those people. Fucking bastards. <laughs> what about the symmetrical face then? Because that's the big thing. You were talking about uh, reacting to faces. I read years ago that a symmetrical face is more attractive to the opposite sex. But then I recently saw someone that said that Tom Cruise's face is very wonky. 
Mm. And obviously people find him very attractive. Yeah, but his bank balance isn't, is it? <laughs> well, mate, he's also well like, it's very wonky in one direction, yeah. his bank balance. Yeah, he's also yeah. like five foot four and like yeah. that's not particularly attractive either. Not to me. But he's dollared up, isn't he? Well, um, so the cement, the facial symmetry thing, um, yes, like some highly symmetrical faces are considered to be um, very attractive. But like touching on what you were saying earlier about the idea of like people having different ideas of what attractive is, there's like there's that kind of like objective attractiveness where you're like, like I can see Brad Pitt is a handsome man, but you're not necessarily like Fwah, every time you see him. Like that, it's two slightly different things. I don't think men have that. I genuinely don't. You think it's like on or I off, think, basically? Yeah, I, th- I, well, I think men are much more objectively attractive, objectively not attractive. But I think also men have an inbuilt filter where they go, probably as good as I can do. <laughs> so so they go, she's not, she's not really fit, but I mean, look at me. Yeah. So, you know, but I think that like, or, so in the same way that women, like I don't like Tom Hardy is not my thing. I don't think any man says that about Scarlett Johansson or Megan Fox or, or other yeah. conventionally attractive women. Yeah. I think that they are just attractive. Yeah. And is that because, do we find other people attractive because we're trying to look for the best possible genes we can procreate with, or is that too simplistic? Well, no, I think, I mean, as somebody who isn't an evolutionary biologist uh, or psychologist or knows anything, I think we are just like, like, are, are, surely aren't we programmed just to spread cum? <laughs> <laughs> What, like a um, fertilizer truck? Just <laughs> across fields, fields of gaping. What you want to do is you want to get somewhere really high. You want to get a good yeah. vantage point. The, on a windy day. Yeah, make sure the wind's yeah. passing yeah. like that. Pick Don't your jizz into the wind. And it's like flying a kite, you've got to throw it up at the right moments. And I'll tell you what, there's an awful lot of controversy at the moment about how many bees get stuck. You know? <laughs> just getting fucking pasted to wind farms. Just, just Poor little bee just jizzed. <laughs> oh, mm, this smells of peppermint. <laughs> you imagine a bee coming back to the hive, covered in jizz. This is not good, honey, is, guys. Honestly, <laughs> just trying to do its little wiggle dance, communicate to all of its friends, don't go outside right now, because I don't know what's on me. But it's, the queen ain't going to fucking like it. I'll tell you that much for free. Oh, shit. Bee bukkake? <laughs> Okay, um, this has been very sex-led, hasn't it, this podcast? It's gone all over the place, this. Um, right, where were we? So, I don't want to go too much into um, human mating behaviour because I know there's somebody you might be getting on um, on a later podcast who, like, that's their thing. They know oh, a lot brilliant. about it. Okay, we'll, we'll shelve um, it to one side then. Yeah, but generally with human mating, there's, like, it's, like a tug of war to some extent, like it is. It is. To me, to you. Um, I tie a rope. Don't, I don't we, know why we, we went for Chuckle Brothers. We do it over oh, a canal. Oh, imagine the Chuckle Brothers wanking <laughs> each other off. No. I mean, I already was, but no. Um, Chuckle lost the vision. He, <laughs> did it too much and turned blind? Oh, this is supposed to be educational. It's oh, just yeah, like we, we just lost it. That's why I call um, it pigoted and not educational. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you're, like, procreating, there's, like, lots of um, cost-benefit um, calculations you kind of have to do. Um, so for men, one of the calculations is, like, do I want a lot of kids or do I want a few kids that I will invest my time and energy in and make sure that they... 
Like they grow up. And Shout out to all the dads of more than three kids there that just got <laughs> fucking burnt. How many have you got? Uh, I've got two, and I didn't want to. So uh, yeah, well no, I, I I I suppose there's there's another category who have loads of kids and put no effort into any of them. Yeah, that, that, that's your that's your uh, yeah. quantity over quality. Yeah, kid that's strategy. Fa- that's fascinating that. Yeah, I've yeah. never thought of that before. My uh, dad is one of eight. Uh, and they defo gave up after the third one. They defo gave up, and by the end, they were just like, sort each other out. Yeah. Sort it. You'll, you'll learn from your brother, so you will. You know, there's <laughs> so much love we've all got to give. Like, by the fourth, sixth kids, you'd just be feeding them from the bin, wouldn't you? I need a bath while he's falling in the canal. He'd be all right. Someone will pull him out. But I just, I've always, that's always the thought that it's been on my mind about like why, because someone was telling me once about, is it orangutans or gorillas? They have these really big testicles or... That's uh, always uh, been on your mind. It'll be always chimpanzees. Always on my mind. When the first thing when I wake up, last thing before I go to bed. Chimpanzees I've got, me, have got, got my flashlight on. I'm chimpanzees have got, um, so of <laughs> us, chimpanzees, gorillas and orangutans, chimpanzees have the biggest bollocks. Gorillas are actually quite small. Like they've got quite small bollocks. Um, they're much more um, faithful. They're much more monogamous than like chimpanzees, especially bonobos. They'll fuck anything, yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. just got these massive balls, like full of jizz, to spread it all around. But um, yeah, gorillas are like are much more faithful. They'll they keep to, mating with the same partner. So they have so. to be more choosy because they've got less sizable bollocks. Um, it's hard to know which direction it went in. So whether it's a case of like. Like, so a chimpanzee shagging everything. It's like, well, I need more juice here. <laughs> and so then they get bigger bollocks. Yeah. Or whether it's they've gone, oh, they, these are big. I mean, I'm going to have a time emptying these. Like, Boil the kettle up. So... If I was, that's why that's why chimpanzees used to sponsor PG tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've cracked it. We've figured that. So out. if I was locked in a cage with a gorilla and he came, he came towards me with an erect gorilla penis, would, would I be? How would you notice I, if a gorilla came uh, towards you? You wouldn't look and go, listen, "Oh, he's got a semi." Well, no, honestly, it, whenever I'm locked in a cage with someone and they approach me, I first check the junk to see if what's going to happen. You're trying to survive, friend, friend or foe. Friend or foe, exactly. What kind of what kind of friend and what kind of foe? Yeah. But if I look down and I see this big, massive gorilla cock coming towards me, would would I be right to think it's all right because he's probably not going to mate with me because he has to be choosy and I'm clearly not a sexy gorilla lady. Despite the rumors. What if he what if he bummed you and didn't come? Oh God! What, what, if, he, what if he just bummed you? Oh God! Just just to get in your head and just left. Well, I, I, at least I could hold my head high and go. Well, I, I might have been raped by a gorilla, but at least he didn't come, so I wasn't completely defiled. Oh, I kept me dignity. Right? Because you know how you know how like gorillas and like chimpanzees and humans are like close relations to humans, whatever. Um, in the same way that we look at humans and we make those um, assumptions based on. You know how they. You, you know we make those facial assumptions. Is this friendly? Is this aggressive? Can we do the same thing to gorillas and chimpanzees? Um, do they I'd exhibit re- similar? I, I don't know. 
I, I, it, it, that, that's not something I've ever looked at, like how good we are at judging chimpanzee personalities. I feel like science needs to get the on that interesting shit. thing. Well, the, Put Sam in a cage. I don't know everything. <laughs> like, Put Sam in a cage, five gorillas, and he has to accurately predict which one's going to bum rape him. Uh, that sounds like a dating show on Channel 5. <laughs> <laughs> Put me down for that. I'm up for that. As long as the uh, as long as the, the risk is low, I'm uh, willing to take the risk. Like, I for would, humanity. If it makes you feel any better, I would totally watch it every week. I'm I'd sure tune into that. So intre- So this is another tangent, but um, humans are ludicrously um, cooperative. Like it, it, it's for a bunch of apes. Weird. It's weird how cooperative we are. If you did try and get two silverback gorillas that had never met each other before and put them in a room, it would be fucking mayhem. Like, they would kill each other. But you do, like, you like we're sat in a room with three blokes. I'm not, I'm not going to try and figure out which one of you is the alpha male. Let's let's assume you're all equal. Um, and you just sat having a, like, having a nice chat. Just we're all, but we're all thinking it ourselves now. Yeah. <laughs> we're all fucking thinking it ourselves. I'm going to call. But yeah, like if, if if you try to do I this, it's my podcast. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> Bullshit. Um. Yeah, if you try to do this with chimpanzees, one like the conversation would be like harder to follow. Um, I think easier and, to be honest. Be more informative. <laughs> It'd be less talk of flashlights. They won't be talking about fucking yeah. boiling a kettle to fuck a flashlight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they just rip the shit out of each other. And yet, you, like if you look at commercial aircraft, the amount of men in like in a small space together for a long period of time, no escape. Very few murders, really. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you you are onto something. Like, that is true. It is a thing, yeah. How, is that not the success of us as a species, though, that we don't spend time ripping the fuck out of it, each other? It, yeah, it's one of the things that, that has really helped humanity. It's the, the, the level of cooperation that, that we're able to achieve. Are there certain things that human beings look at and go that person's aggressive, that person's not. Because we talked about, like, facial bias and when you look at somebody, what you're picking out. Now, I know, obviously, that if you look at somebody and their eyebrows are like this and their mouth is snarled, Mm. then you know that they are probably aggressive. But are there other little things like their eyes being close together or...? Well, again, it's it's really difficult to accurately measure, um, like, facial appearance and how that maps onto personality. Um... Which is one of the problems with like certain AI um, projects. Like there was one a few years ago where this guy was like, "I've made a computer that can tell whether someone's gay just by looking at their face." And it's like an actual gaydar. Yeah, doesn't work <laughs> at all. No, because it couldn't possibly. Because she, she <laughs> it's looking for someone doing this, like <laughs> some kind of you know stereotypical. Elton John in a box. Yeah, Elton John in R two D two thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, because. The information that you feed into that algorithm is going to be biased yeah. because you're only going to feed it images of faces of people whose sexuality you know. Yeah, totally. So, so it's, it's going to look for Judge Rinder and like fucking, you know, uh, what's he called? Liberace and fucking, <laughs> it's going to be the gayest people that you can to feed oh, into it's, the algorithm. It's just, it's not, it's not going to learn how to spot, um, Somebody who is gay but not out. Like dormant. 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 Yeah. <laughs> not being activated yet. No, I said dormant. Oh, dormant. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Dormant. <laughs> dormant. Um, yeah, no. Because yeah, you, so you don't know to plug that into the machine, do yeah. you? And so that's one of the things that 
a big problem when you look at how facial prejudices um, affect the criminal justice system. Oh. Because you will make guilty judgments about people, um, like, based on their facial appearance. Um I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to row back a bit. I'm going to explain to you, like, an experiment I did. Oh, yes. Um, so we made, me and my supervisor, we made some computer-generated composite faces. So you just, you get three blokes, feed those pictures of them into a computer, and the computer makes loads of little measurements of how the face looks, blends it together, so you get a brand-new face that um, looks like a believable human face but doesn't look like any one specific person. Okay. Then you can manipulate the face in certain ways. So you can make it more masculine or more feminine. And we, as well as making them masculine or feminine, we made them more or less agreeable. So for every one original face, we ended up with four faces yeah. of different types. On different like uh, degrees, if you like. Um, different just scales. Just sort of, this is a masculine agreeable face. This is a feminine agreeable face. Yeah. This is masculine disagreeable. This is feminine disagreeable. Okay. So I ended up with a load of these images and I did an online survey where I presented a face along with uh, just a short statement saying like, on the 26th of June, like 2013, um, John Cotton was arrested for um, actual bodily harm assault on Bold Street, Liverpool. Do you think he was found guilty? Like he, he will appear in court on this date. Do you think he was guilty? Okay. And then my participants went either, yeah, guilty, or no, not guilty. Um, what face the individuals... And they did that 12 times with three different crime types. So we did assault, burglary, and rape Yeah, uh, with these different faces. And which face the participants saw made a huge difference on whether the participants said guilty or not guilty. So remind me of the different types again there were. So it was feminine agreeable, feminine disagreeable, masculine agreeable... Masculine disagreeable. So I, if I had to guess, I would say masculine disagreeable would be guilty and feminine agreeable would be not guilty. Is that right? Yeah. Basically, the, huh. so the, the feminine disagreeable and the masculine disagreeable were getting the higher guilty, higher amount of guilty verdicts. The really agreeable so faces were getting lower. That's interesting. I would have thought that there would be something more about masculine side of things a lot of people do and there's been research on it that has suggested that people see masculine faces as more likely to be guilty of a crime but there's a prob problem with a lot of that research in that if you associate masculinity with aggressiveness and you look at a face and you're asked to say how masculine it is you might say masculine when what you're actually seeing is aggression Oh, so I see. that data gets Which really is murky. The, the big thing about the, certainly last year and the year before, the big thing about toxic masculinity being a problem, which you know it is in certain areas, but that gets confused with masculinity being a problem. Yes, yes. masculinity isn't a problem. Put toxic in front of anything, and it becomes a problem. Toxic soup is, <laughs> is a problem. Well, soup is all right. Hashtag not all soup. Not all soup. <laughs> not all soup. But I think that. That masculinity, a lot of these things have kind of been, uh, you put extra words, verbs in front of them and it, it becomes very, very, you know, different to what the original thing is. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the people do have this association between masculinity and aggressiveness. Um, so one of the things that we did with our experiment 
is like there are different ways you can make a face more or less masculine. Um, you can either get a load of faces that other people have said, that's a masculine face, I see that as masculine, and kind of drag the face more towards that. Or you can just get pictures of a load of blokes, let the computer make measurements and average that out, and that's your masculine face. Hmm. When you manipulate the face towards what people say, I think that's masculine, you end up with a slightly more aggressive face. Really? Whereas if you just do it on morphological masculinity, it's just more masculine. Yeah. So one of the things that we did with that experiment is we collapsed those four types into um, just masculine and just feminine and ran the data again, no significant difference. Oh. Like that masculinity, femininity was not having an impact on people's uh, guilty verdicts, but the agreeableness was. Do you know what I heard about? Um, this is sort of similar, like about what they do to people in court to make them look more innocent, mm. is they dress them in bigger, baggier clothes to make them appear more childlike. And so that... Okay. Ah. Has the connotation of being innocent. It's a thing Can in you America. You put him in a baby clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a rattle. <laughs> and in other news, OJ turned up to court today. <laughs> OJ turned up to court in a diaper and a fucking rattle. I'm just picturing George Dawes from Shooting Stars now. Oh, mate. <laughs> imagine, imagine Harvey Weinstein in a baby grow. <laughs> Although he did. Uh, turn up to court. <laughs> Although he did wear a baby grow. He probably uh, did. He, he, he did turn up to court with his little fucking stick, didn't he, to he, garner sympathy. It wasn't it like a, one of it, those like uh, Zimmer frame things at one point, wasn't it? I saw. I had to use a Zimmer frame for a brief amount of time when I did my back in, and I looked fucking ridiculous. I bet you looked innocent though, didn't you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that's once. how I got away with all the crimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, um, so having a baby face will get you... Um, a lot of leeway. I'm used things. to having a baby's face in a bag, <laughs> which is a very different thing. <laughs> having sort of like just quite a childlike babyish face. Yeah. Um, big been, eyes. Yeah, big eyes, big fod, you know. That Twice all scars. Kind of, like, Stayed at United for so long. Big fod. <laughs> big fod. Babies have big fods. They do have big fods, babies, don't they? Why? Because they haven't got any hair. I don't know. Well, because. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, but I think they a lot have of the bones fonts. haven't developed yet in the head of the. Oh yeah, yeah. So they have squishy heads sometimes, yeah, yeah. don't they? Yeah, and they always have big eyes because your, your eyes don't really change size. It's the rest of your face that. Grows Unless you take it. ecstasy and then they get massive. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you were talking about the the masculine and the feminine and and what people's perceptions are at the start of that experiment, anyway. Mm. And I was wondering if that was to do with the fact that most prisoners are male. Prisons are more populated by men, and therefore, and a lot of those men whether they went into prison like that or not, from spending five to 10 years in prison, you're going to look a bit rough. Mm. You look a bit scary because you're probably just having a shit life. And and that's our image of what a prisoner and therefore someone who's guilty is. So whether it's masculine and aggressiveness or whether it's just our preconception of what a prisoner well, looks like. Wouldn't we have had that uh, predisposition since before prisons? So Maybe. I imagine like back, am I starting to think like an evolutionary psychologist now? Kind of, yeah. It's, it's, I feel yeah. really happy with myself. That's one of the things with like evolutionary psychology is teasing apart like whether, okay, is this social influence? And one of the ways that you'll do that is you'll repeat your experiment in as many different cultures as possible. So they'll have different social norms. Um, and if the same trait turns up all of those in all those different places, it might be an evolutionary trait. 
it might just it might also just be the byproduct of an evolutionary trait so that just a, always turns up. Hang about a minute. The other so do people up, in say, for example, China look and see aggression differently than people do in like Britain? Um, I don't think so. So the, there was an experiment looking at, I think it was eye size and trustworthiness ratings in England and Japan. And larger, more open eyes are generally considered to be more trustworthy. Yeah, that, That's yeah, one I of the few things that. that you can sort of pinpoint Little, like that's a thing. Yeah, like, but I, mean, I wonder what the reason for that is. It just, it just <laughs> is a thing. Possibly. So it might be um, something that's referred to as um, the overgeneralization effect. Where So we make character judgments about people with baby faces. One of the things that we'll, we'll judge them as incompetent. Um, really? We make childlike associations about a person with a baby face, even if they're an adult. And this can play out even in, like, um, small claims court. So, no. Yeah. If somebody with a sort of baby face is accused of something that I- involves intentional malice, they're less likely to be found guilty. If they're accused of something that involves incompetence, like they're, a more, car accident. they're more likely to be found guilty. Really? Wow. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, imagine if fucking car insurance companies <laughs> ever get wind of that. They'll be making you upload a picture of yourself. They'll be running it through algorithms and shit. Yeah, which is why it's yeah, important to You've got always... a baby face yeah. and a shit postcode. <laughs> and you don't keep your car in a garage. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I've grown a beard to get cheaper car one insurance. Of the question, like. Yeah, one of the questions on the forum should be, have you been asked for ID by an alcohol in the last 20 years? Oh, but mate. The thing is, you say, do you yeah. know how they did Sheila's Wheels, which was car insurance just for women? Imagine if they did, like, car insurance just for people that don't have fucking baby faces. <laughs> Haggard Dave's car insurance. <laughs> I, was o- I was always going to say Haggard John's then. I was oh, going to yeah, say, no. he's running the gynecology <laughs> clinic and a fucking car insurance big, company. Big Joe Stevens. <laughs> they call him John Trepanier because he's in, into everything, isn't he? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I've lost my thread now. So Ooh, we, we were talking about... Uh, um, in, in small claims court, baby face. Baby face. Uh, yeah, so that's the thing. Although we make all those judgments, like the accuracy isn't great. So there was a long-term study done on boys with baby faces, like from adolescence into into adulthood. I mean, I would, I would personally, before you get started, be very suspicious of anyone who volunteers to be part of that study. Like, I want to be a study of boys' baby faces. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. And we're double checking your CRB. (laughs) Boys with baby faces. Okay. So they are the study subject. It's not like, do you want to come look at babies' faces? (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's not the study. Um, And so looking at, um, across a number of years, how those boys grow up and what happens in their lives. And even though we make these judgments of, like, people with baby faces are less intelligent, less competent, um, basically all the things, like, more honest is one of the things that we'll judge baby faces as, um, more naive, like, any, basically just childlike. Um, when, I th- this was Zebowitz who did this study, she followed them across the lifespan Boys with, adolescent boys with baby faces who are from sort of working class backgrounds are more likely to become criminals. Yeah, I totally than, buy that. Than I totally buy that. They're more like adult-faced counterparts. So they can get away with it. Also, 
they of those ones that do become delinquent, they commit more and worse crimes than boys that don't have baby faces. Um, sort of middle upper classes, they are more likely to go into the military. Or baby face boys in general are more likely to go into the military. They're more likely to get promoted. Um, they actually outperform in competence and intelligence. O- on average, they're more like adult faced. Really? Yeah, so it's going in completely the opposite direction to what we assume based on the the presence of a baby face. Do you know what? I totally buy, though, the thing about working class families with baby face boys being criminals because the amount of people that I know that are mates of mine that look like, especially at school, they look like butter wouldn't melt and they were little knobheads. Yeah, there's a lad in my school, we'd pay him and he'd go into Woolies and steal what you wanted. (laughs) And, and, and you get it for like five five p. But he had this beautiful baby face. Yeah, what he does, like, he... Why not just go into the shop and pay the shopkeeper? No, because so if it was twenty p, he'd steal it for five p. You see, yeah. so you'd you'd save a load of money. And if and you ever got caught, money. if you ever got caught, he'd look at you like the cat in in, in Shrek. Yeah, yeah. You know, pussy yeah. boots, and he'd just do that. You go, oh, get out of here, you little scamp. But again, even those examples, is it a case of like? There is a link between that kind of face and that kind of behaviour. Like, like something about having that face makes you naughty, like genetically, or is it that um, I people make these assumptions about you so you try and prove them wrong, or you figure out the stuff I can get away. I with? think it's getting away with shit. Mm. I think it's getting away with stuff personally because the amount of time, oh, oh, you never do anything wrong, game, and then they learn, they fuck. Yeah. From from my time teaching kids. The worst behaved children were always the ones whose parents could explain it away. Always, mm. 100%. The kids whose parents were like, well, you're doing your little shit. You know, they were never as bad as the ones that like, but David wouldn't do that. Yeah, look, look look at his cheeks. Look He's at so rosy. Chubby cheeks and his big fat head. Look at him. <laughs> I had a question in my mind, and what you've just said has actually not answered it, but almost made it... Uh, I, I'm more confused, not that because what you said, but just because... Right, let me start again. The question I had was, um, this the sort of facial bias that we're talking about, is there any evidence or any studies on people judging themselves through their own face? Ooh. And therefore either the self-fulfilling prophecy model or go, going against that? Because it seems like what you just talked about with people with baby faces more likely to you know, high achieve or, or get promoted... The same way that we, the way we communicate our own feelings and emotions and desires and ambitions to ourselves is really important because it drives us or, or or limits that drive. Does that facial bias have an impact on our own how we view ourselves? Um, do you know what? I don't know. It, it, there'll be like your own um, assessment of your own attractiveness will affect how how you behave, but. More detailed than that, I couldn't. I couldn't give you anything. Do they do the same I... thing with um, with fat people? So you know how, like, babyface, are oh, you dead young or whatever? I swear there was a thing in America or a thing in some country where they wouldn't hire, or, or there was a study done where they wouldn't hire fat people because they look and they go, "Well, you're probably lazy." And so, is that the same? Sort of thing. It's the same sort of thing, yeah. Like the pe- people do make um, judgments based on like body type and things like that, but faces are, are the most important bit. Like, really? E- e- yeah. 
So even if you like are a big old fat heifer, you, you're enormously big. Uh, Thank you for using it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've got like a beautiful face, like a very angelic, oh, but me, but, but I would never do such a thing because I'm a baby face, then that would override big fat heifer. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and it's it, even not just with like um, judgments of personality, um, even with attractiveness ratings, faces are more important than overall body shape and structure. What do they say about people with beards? Uh, do you know what? I was when I was getting ready for this podcast. I, I know he's going to ask me about his beard. I should look it up, and I didn't. Did you not? <laughs> no. I wonder what. Do you know what I think? Untrustworthy would come in. Possibly. I don't think. Trustworthy comes Weirdly, with a beard. It, again, it's not. Just keep all my secrets in my beard. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can I interest you in a tiny dog flashlight? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, facial hair has an interesting relationship with the economy. Um, uh, carry on. Th- men are more likely to grow beards when the economy is bad. Really? That does make sense. And women wear shorter skirts when the economy's bad as well. Really? So it's not all bad. (laughs) (laughs) But that's true because beards have had something of a renaissance in the last 10 years, haven't they? And the economy has been shit. is Is that because, like, historically, is that because razors are expensive or something? Historically? You still are. Yeah, I know, but I mean, but, but yeah. back in the day, like in like the eighteen hundreds or whatever, then like it would have been more of a cost relation to your yeah, income yeah, coming yeah. in. Uh, is is it because of that? Because surely would that not mean as well that women shave less? Um, I don't know if there's been studies on that. Look, <laughs> um, <laughs> why have you got such a hairy funny? Ah, oh, the economy. <laughs> <laughs> have you not seen the, the budget? One hand, oh, the awful. <laughs> <laughs> what's the with the short skirts with the economy? I think so both beards and the short skirts I think it's about um, showing off like your physical attributes like growing a beard is a big sort of like hey I'm a man self-expression sort of thing look at my masculinity falling out my face I have to say Um, that as a man with a beard it's laziness on my (laughs) part it's just I get up every day and I go it's so easy not having a shave like I don't look at it to be like I'm a man look at me with my big manly beard didn't you shave yours off though a few months ago no about a year ago have I made that up do you know what's really interesting I was considering shaving it off the other day I was thinking about I I had a brief thought about whether and I've not had a clean shaven face in about 15 years oh right I don't think I don't think I'd like you without a beard it suits you it it fits but but that thing about control and self-expression and I suppose if the economy's gone to shit then what can you control you can control the length of your skirt or it might be about control it might be about like sexual signaling basically could it not be just to feel good it could just be that this is the thing a lot of the problem with like studying humans is like getting down to the like cause and effect and figuring out what direction relationships go in and stuff like that is really really difficult how long does it take for the economy to go bad before we see short skirts because i feel like the economy's tanked during the pandemic and i haven't seen like a rise of mini skirts <laughs> during covid19 do you know yeah. what i mean I do, i've seen some <laughs> very short shorts recently i've seen some very short shorts recently to be fair and i i don't like that look because ass tends to spill out (laughs) bottom yeah 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 so so ass tends to spill out of the bottom and i'm like i feel a bit like oh i don't know where to look here this is awful do you know what i mean i I like to have something less the imagination to a degree yeah 
That's what do you look at on a woman and go, oh, that's sexy? Oh, she hasn't got a beard. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I really find attractive? Uh, gym leggings. Uh, well, you, yeah, in certain cases. What I do like is, and I mentioned it earlier, is that it's the way someone carries themselves, the way they act, the way they move, the way they talk, the way they communicate. And it if someone like could have a beautiful face, but if they don't make eye contact with you, it's very difficult to, you know, find it in any way attractive. It sounds like a, an indie song from like the mid 2000s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the kooks. It does you know? sound a bit like that. If I can make some of those bits rhyme. <laughs> just about it's not what you look like it's how you carry yourself <laughs> honestly that fucking yeah. I'd buy that that didn't sound indie though <laughs> you used to be in a band didn't you yeah I was back in the day like a metal band yeah what was it called again DBH we were called DBH we were like death metal yeah De what like fucking Pantera we toured with Napalm Death three times yes we were like like that sort of stuff yeah oh, full on like, so my my uh, other half has a brother who is 10 years old, and he's currently into Pantera. Oh, yeah. Age 10. Great band. Uh, but he was calling it Pantera. Pantera. Aww. How cute is that? Pantera. Him and his little friends listen to Pantera. You know the advert for, was it Nike or was it Reebok? It was Reebok, the belly's going to get you an advert. Belly's, oh, yeah, it was yeah, Reebok, yeah. That was, uh, that was our singer, singing that. Belly's yeah. going to get yeah, you. That's the belly, kind belly, of, belly. Yeah, we, really? we didn't sing about bellies. But we sang, <laughs> that, that was his vocal style to give you an indication of the, uh, really? the, the sub-genre we were What playing. did you play then, bass was Bass it? guitar, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Standing at the back, just, you know, chilling out. Did you make dollar from that? Did we bollocks, no. We, I, we had this running joke, we did. We got a record deal and we got signed and we went on tour, we're on top of the Pops 2. We were number nine in the indie chart one week. Our album did really well, we were on the front cover of, of Kerrang. We were on £30 a week and our joke was that we were going to call our second album Less Than Dole. Because Dole was £37 pound a week. We were getting £30 pound a week living with that our was, mums. That would be quite good, that. What yeah. happened to you in the end? Uh, the label got bought by a dance label. We got dropped, and then our manager stole all, all the money. Really? And, and, and then I got a job in NatWest. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was soul at the time, but like Do you know character what? building. When, you, when, when your label got bought by a dance company... It must have been like, you know, when a new manager comes into a football club it was and exactly the footballer's like, like yeah, I'm leaving it, eh? He don't fancy, fancy me. me. Yeah. He don't fancy me. <laughs> and Big Sam comes in and you're like a progressive forward thinking player. Yeah, it was yeah it number was. 10 that doesn't track back and you're only yeah. five foot six. Yeah, no right now, I'm fucked. Yeah, better speak to me, agent. I'm officially lost. Uh, football. <laughs> football we, we just... For a small amount of time, we wanted you to feel like the least smart person in the conversation. <laughs> and so yeah, we, just, fair enough. we just flipped it. <laughs> is there any way that we can override facial bias or is it just something that we just live with forever? I think it's something that we just live with forever. So even if you warn people beforehand, like you're going to make judgments based on a person's appearance, yeah. pe you, people take that information and go, yeah, all right. And nothing will change. Like when, so when the results were coming in from my experiment, I could see which face my participants had seen and whether they'd click guilty or not guilty. And every now and again, I'd see one and go, not guilty, you fucking hippie. Look at him, he clearly did it. Really? I'm like, I made up the crime. Yeah, yeah. And that person doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I just have that gut reaction of like, of course he's guilty. Isn't it good but to be aware of these things, of these evolutionary things, these like things that are inbuilt within us? Because I think when it comes to like, because then you can try and override it or then you can try and break that cycle or at least try and 
conversationally or with personality with between you and the other person, try and break through that. Because the whole thing about, you know, I'm a big believer in we should all work together as the human race, but we're, it's built within us to have tribes and divide and have, we've got to have an opposition, we've got to have, because we've got to have teams. That's just within us. So it's kind of the balancing act between who we are and what we're meant to be and what we would like to be. It's kind of difficult to bridge that gap. But if we're no good at, if, if our, like, these inbuilt biases, if you like, or this inbuilt reaction that we have, if it isn't actually useful, then, like, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like it's just this annoying thing that holds everybody back. Yeah. Well, a lot of stuff with humans, it seems to be that, like, we have a lot of, like, quick and dirty rules and, like, tricks that go on in our heads. Um and sometimes they're there because having them is slightly less bad than not having them. So, okay. like it for oh, survival reasons, you mean? Yeah. So it's almost like uh, like a fire alarm. Like you'd rather have a fire alarm that goes off when you cook ten. some toast. All oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Then rather doesn't than go off at all. doesn't never goes off. Like even if there's a big fire. And like a lot of the it way piss we piss me off though, it fucking piss me off. It's fucking annoying, but it's more. It's the one that's going to save your life. Yeah, but I wouldn't be thinking about that at the time. <laughs> I would not be thinking about that at the time. Making some toast, having to get the fucking broom. Oh, mate. But our brains kind of work like that. It's like what what is the thing that's gonna? Or animals work like that it's like what what's the thing that kept the animal alive well that's the thing that survives and propagates so it's better to judge everyone even if it's probably all incorrect than never judge anyone yeah. and get yourself into a better like, to be situation. wrong and alive yeah mm. yes like better in like the survival sense yes better as a person you know when Different thing. we have all these so you know these agreeable not agreeable you know masculine feminine whatever does what happens when you factor race into that so what happens when, I mean, have you done the study where you take a um, agreeable, effeminate, like, you know, like black face and then put it against like somebody who's very white and then does that matter if the person themselves is of the same ethnicity who's judging it? I've not done those studies and I've not looked personally much at um, racial biases and how they work, but I've read a couple of papers and it is not pleasant reading. No, I imagine. So um, there was one paper that really stuck with me, um, which the way they phrased it was that the more stereotypically black a person looks who's been accused of a crime, the more likely they'll get the death penalty rather than life. Oh. Like, and like that's that's all, all it was. It's like, a stereotypically was the, black. I don't quite know what, like... They didn't go into detail on what no. they meant by that, so I'm still not in, entirely sure what that meant. It was a book but I, I think possibly like just generally being a darker skinned black person will result in getting the fucking death penalty. Yeah, Jeez. Like Jeez. he is horrendous. fucked up. There's a book I read that certainly in America it said that um, uh, black Americans are more likely to negatively judge black Americans than white Americans due to the, and the, the reason they were putting forward was due to all the negative news coverage over the last, you know, 100 really? years. So even black people have been conditioned to, you'd have to fact check this, but I remember reading it in a book wow. and it was, they've been conditioned to even negatively 
judge. But I well, you, you get that with like a lot of stuff. So like you get internalized racism and you get internalized misogyny where women all have like very poor views of other women because of mm. the information that they've been fed. Like they'll believe that women are less intelligent and less competent and less whatever. Um, and yeah, it happens does with that, race as well. I mean, do you know, you might not know, but does the race aspect override the facial aspect? That I don't know. I really don't know. Because I wonder that. which is stronger. Like yeah. you'd imagine it would be, imagine it'd be race, wouldn't you? I really don't know. I, I think it, to an extent, it might it, it might depend who is who you're asking. Um, but then you get the people who, who try and override. They might have a deep racial bias within them, mm. but th- but that's within the guts. But their liberal left leaning brain is trying to override this horrible racism that's deep within them. So they go the other way. Yeah, we've all met people like that in conversation. They're trying to describe someone. They don't want to use the word the word black. So they're going, you know, the guy with the, the watch. What guy with the watch? You just say he's black. You can describe someone that the black if they're the only black person in the room because then it kind of narrows it down. Oh, is this like <laughs> the sort of people that go, I don't see colour. Yeah. And it's like... But it is useful for describing someone in a nice way when you're just trying to tell me who it was who... who, who it's also kind of important for understanding structural racism and microaggressions. Like, if you don't see race... You don't see the prejudices people face because of the race they are. Like, yeah, I always yeah. think that when people say, I don't see race, it's like you're just trying to get rid of something because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm. Like when a black guy looks in the mirror, you see a black person and you should be proud that you see that in the mirror. They don't not see the colour of this because you're faced with that reality every day. Do you know what I mean? So for you to go, well, I don't see race, it's like a weird privileged angle to come at it like well yeah you don't have to do you know what i mean yeah there's an element of that but like i think the main argument against it is that like if you if you say you don't see race then you can't really see racism can you yeah i'm just Um. trying not to get cancelled right (laughs) (laughs) just anyway next week we've got andrew lawrence Um, oh i'm exciting (laughs) he's gonna tell us why we were wrong um so before we go uh because we're going to go record Pigoted Extra now, which is something that is specifically for our Patreons. It's an extra episode. They get extra content. And if you want to sign up to become a Patreon, you can. You go to patreon.com forward slash Pigoted and you can sign up from just £3 a month and you get loads of stuff like Pigoted Extra, early release, access to Discord servers, loads and loads of stuff. But before we go and wrap it up on this week's episode, is there anything you want to plug? Kat? Um, yeah, so... as. Uh- one of the things that I do in my spare time is I'm a member of the Merseyside Skeptic Society and we hopefully, once things go back to normal-ish, uh, we'll be meeting up twice a month. Um, once a month will be for like interesting lectures from interesting people um, and the other meeting is just for social events. Um, also part of Skeptics in the Pub Online, which is interesting talks from interesting people, but via the internet so you don't have to... Leave the house. So I am that. definitely going to come to one of those Merseyside Skeptic things because I keep stealing their guests. And <laughs> I feel like I need to come and apologise and buy everyone a drink. What do you want to plug, Mr. Avery? I want to plug my arsehole with one of Taylor's toys. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, but before that happens, uh, can I plug my podcast, which is called Fix the World, which is me and another comedian, Katie Tracy, and we very funny a problem every week and we try and fix it. We've not actually fixed anything so far, but it's fun <laughs> to try. So uh, 
<laughs> you can find that on all the podcasts. What sort of problems are you, are you pitching? Because if you're pitching like, <laughs> we're going to solve the problem of poverty, then I can understand why you haven't fixed that. But if it's like, oh, there's a tap in the spare room. Yeah, we've not gone won't... so micro level. We've tried some big, we tried to fix politicians the other week and it was just impossible to do in a 29 minute podcast <laughs> episode. So you we've, think? We've, we've done stuff like uh, space travel. We fixed that this week. We're going to be fixing nudity. You know, all, all some things that aren't even problems, but we're just trying like look at what it is and how oh. we can make it better, make the world a better place. I feel like we should fix politicians in Pigoted Extra. That's going to be a great f- little fucking I'd chat. Like, well, I'd, I'd love to fix them by just landing them up against the wall <laughs> and shooting them. To be honest, can I also plug me me tour as well? Yes, uh, I've got some tour dates left over from 2020 that are happening this year, and then I've got a brand new tour for 2022 that'll go on sale in about a month. So go on my website samaverycomedy.com and you can sign up to the mailing list. Brill. Uh, and if you're enjoying this, then please subscribe, uh, give it a rating in whatever podcast platform you are listening to, and we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. This episode of Pigoted is sponsored by Taylor's Toys. Taylor's Toys are a sex toy company. They specialize in doing high quality sex toys that won't fall apart after one or two uses. Head over to taylorstoys.co.uk, check out the amazing range that they've got on offer, and if you use the discount code Pigoted at checkout, you get yourself 10% off on all products. Taylor's Toys, spice things up in the bedroom. Thank me later.